Hello and welcome to Hiccup, the podcast series that explores all things parenting and mum life. I'm Jen, aka Irish Mama Buys, and each week I'll be joined by a special mum guest. We'll have a chat, we'll answer some of your listener questions, and just have some fun. So sit back, relax, if possible, grab a cup of tea, and enjoy the show. This week's episode is sponsored by Intune Parenting. What exactly is Intune Parenting? Well, let me tell you, I recently joined the Reset Group and oh, I am so glad that I did. It's a monthly online hub for busy parents of kids from zero to six that want to learn about the Intune Parenting Method. The group is designed for parents who feel that they're triggered by their children's behavior and it prevents them from parenting in the way they want to. The group runs every month in a private and supportive community where Helen will give you personalized tips. By joining, you'll access recorded hypnotherapy sessions and group discussion. And already, I feel the benefits from joining this group, speaking to other parents that are going through the same things with their little ones. It just makes you feel like it's not just you and everybody goes through this. So if you're feeling the same way as me, I definitely recommend checking out www.intuneparenting.com. And you'll also find Intune Parenting on Facebook and on Instagram. episode number 20. In this week's episode, I talked to the wonderful Taryn Dever. Taryn talks to me about her amazing creative project, Object Dress Challenge. We talk about how hectic and fun her year has been so far and what the future holds for her creative challenge. We speak about how our kids are often uninterested in our achievements because they are just so used to our ways. We chat about how being our true authentic selves can help make the world a better and more positive place. Taryn shares how she has compassion for others, even in the hardest situations, and why it's important to ask herself during those times, what is our goal? An amazing episode with a fantastic guest. Not to be missed. Okay, hello and a big welcome to Taryn to the show. How are you today, Taryn? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing really good. This is the 20th episode of the podcast. Woo, 20. I know, I can't believe it. I don't know how I got here, but I got here somehow. That's exciting. <laughs> what um, day are you on of your object dress challenge? Oh my God, that's a, you're you putting know? me on the spot now. Is, oh, it, is it day eight or day nine? What's a date? Is it the, What date is it? Oh God, I'm on Teddy. Bear, I'm on Teddy Bear Day. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> now now my my days are all marked by what what item Object. I am. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Maybe next year you can be like, oh, this is Teddy Bear Day. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> so cool. So this is the first time we're meeting. Now we've been following each other on social media for a little while. That's and right. So good. You've just got like a big boost on there during January. You came up with your own challenge and it just took off so much and you're such a busy woman how's it all been <laughs> it's been uh wild uh it's been a bit of it was the funnest January I've ever had in my life um it was all very unexpected of course because you know I thought this was just like a silly creative thing I was doing for myself I I never expected it to take off and to find people around the world you know wanting to interview me and talk about what I was doing um so that was kind of a, a bit of a roller coaster yeah you know? but it was like it was very exciting and it and it is sort of still going on a little bit I mean I'm still having media contact me and um tv shows and things like that contacting me but it's not like it was in January uh-huh. where I was sort of doing up to maybe six interviews a day but Honestly, that's fine because that's really not sustainable. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of feel like I need a break from January's like media whirlwind. 
that was just like everything all at once just in January it was and even whenever I posted like a picture yesterday saying that you were coming on the podcast it was like people messaging me like oh I love her she's so cool oh that's lovely such Um, a big fan base like it's brilliant that's nice that's so so good that's lovely to hear oh and what um inspired you to start this did you just randomly think oh this outfit looks like a no it sort of came it came from the um well first of all I've I worked for two years solid I didn't get a break and Mm. because I have my own business and I work as a freelancer so you're constantly trying to get the next gig and the next Mm -hmm. contract and um so I was really exhausted because not only had I worked for two years solid but I had also worked quite a lot of that time seven days a week and sometimes up to 16 hours a day Mm. now that wasn't that was for a period of about eight weeks that I had a contract that um, I was working 16 hour days. And so I was really tired and I really, really wanted a break. And I was in a fortunate enough ish position to have sort of enough money to keep me going to have a month off in January. Um, But I knew I'd have to start looking for work come February. Um, But I knew that I could you know, I was kind of like, is this sensible? Should I just keep trying to find work or should I, you know, should I just take this month off? And I thought, no, look, just take the month off. You need it. Mm-hmm. And my friend said to me, why don't you do the, spend the month doing something creative? And I thought, yeah, that's such a good idea because when you're working so much and alone parents are working unpaid work as well, yeah. you, um, you don't get much time for creativity. And I find like creativity is kind of like my church. Yes. It's kind of like my spiritual sort of um, food yes. is is being creative. Mm-hmm. And, and so then I was thinking, okay, great. I'm going to spend the month of January being creative. I'm going to do all these creative projects. And obviously when you're doing creative projects, you sometimes have to go out and buy things mm-hmm. for the creative projects. Definitely. But then I was looking at the news and it was like, really depressing like one in five people in Ireland have uh coronavirus and so I thought right feck it I'm gonna have to stay at home for the month I'm not gonna be able to go out I'm gonna have to just stay in the house so then I was just like well if you're gonna have to stay in the house why not be inspired by the house Mm -hmm. and so then I just sort of I remember like really vividly that I was sitting on my bedroom floor thinking to myself, okay, how will I be inspired by the house? And I just looked through into my ensuite and there was like a sink unblocker bottle there. And I thought to myself, maybe I'll like set myself this challenge of dressing as different things in my house each day. And I, I thought that sink unblocker, I was like, I could, I could pull together that outfit. You know? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And that's literally just how it started. It, I really, really didn't expect that it was going to take off. That is so cool. But it's so true. Like whenever you start to think, right, I'm going to do some creative stuff. You're like, okay, what do I need? And then yeah. you have to go out and start buying stuff. Yep. And this was just such the perfect solution to yeah. avoid all that. Yeah, and also my one rule for the challenge was that I wasn't allowed to buy anything for yes. it. Yes. So I was like, no, you have to use stuff you already have in the house. No cheating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, and that was great because it made me look at the clothes that I had in different ways and it made me get really creative with the things in my house. Yes. So, like say that I really want to do the Bisto because I love those colors and Mm -hmm. so but I only had one item of clothing that was the right blue that was on that Bisto the Bisto container so then I thought well I need the blue lid and how am I going to do this because I don't have any more clothes in this color 
but I had a tote bag in that color. So then I got a tote, the tote bag and a lid of a basket and I just put the basket lid in the tote bag and then tied it up with an elastic band and then bobby pinned it into my head. And it looks like an amazing it little is. hat, you know, but that's literally what it was. That's so brilliant. it made me get really creative kind of style in a styling kind of uh, context, you know, it made yeah. me kind of become, uh, stretch myself a bit about like, well, what can you wear? <laughs> it's so true because... I watch some of your videos sometimes and it's like you're making the headpieces or showing how you can style like a scarf into a headpiece or something yeah. and it yeah. just looks like a really expensive amazing, amazing hat or something yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And it's just from different things like I know I think there's uh, there's probably like very little that I couldn't turn into a hat <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is quite the skill <laughs> Yeah. And have you always had this creative flair throughout your life? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think everybody has a creative flair. So mm -hmm. I don't think mine's particularly exceptional. I think everybody has innate creativity. And um, I often choose to express mine through the clothes that I wear and how mm -hmm. I style things. Excellent. Yeah, I love crafting and making things. It's like if I'm stressed or anything, I'm like, okay, going to craft. Yeah. Get the craft drawers out and just make something. Yeah. Yeah. Have you got a favorite um type of thing that you like to craft? Not really because I get bored very easily and so I like to jump onto new things. Mm. Um so I like to try different things all the time. So after I've kind of done something, I'm like, right, yeah, that's me. I've done that. I've tried that. I did that. I know how to do it. Now I want to do something else. Yes. Um, so, yeah, no, there isn't really a favorite, I wouldn't say. I'm kind of, I'm interested in sewing at the moment, but I haven't done any since nice. last year. And even what, the stuff that I did do, like, like I'm not a very good sewer, but I, um, I just, like, I made a pair of trousers out of some curtains. That's impressive. Yeah, well, I didn't have a pattern or anything, so I just used a pair of trousers that I already had, and I just kind of copied the shape of it. Um, but I'm also not a very, I'm not a perfectionist. I'm not a very precise person. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was a bit like one trouser legs a little bit longer than the other, <laughs> that kind of thing, which is a bit like everything I do really. Like it's not a perfectionist vibe at all, but it's sort of overall look. Yeah. You look at it and you're like, wow. But if you look too closely. <laughs> it's still a pair of trousers. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah. That's really good. I, I was impressed with myself. I was like, wow, that's good going, especially since you haven't, you've never sewn trousers before. You haven't sewn for 20 years and you didn't have a pattern. <laughs> you just need to find something with like one leg a little bit longer. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, that's so cool. I went through a, a sewing phase as well, like two years ago. And I was like making like wall hangings and purses and different mm -hmm. things, but I've never been great at sewing, but I try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But it's Give so it a go. Fun. Yeah, it is, it is. But again, I get bored, you see. So if it's like, like I do one trouser leg and then I'd be like, oh God, now I have to repeat the exact process again. That's so boring. Like, yeah. you know, like I didn't mind doing the first leg because it was yeah. the first time and that was exciting. So then after that, I was like, right, I'm never making trousers again because then I'd have to do all that all again. Like, Yeah, oh, I know. Do you have any of these like fancy machines or anything? Because I know like a lot of people have like fancy sewing machines and these like pre-cut machines. No, no, I don't have anything fancy. Not me either, me either. <laughs> like, I think I bought a sewing machine in little and it was like 80 bucks or something very good yeah excellent yeah. so what do you see now for the rest of the year have you got any more creative challenges 
So this month in February, I'm dressing as things in other people's houses, mm-hmm. um, which to me is actually a more interesting project than the January one because people are sending me things that are important to them and sharing the stories about why they're important to them. And I'm really enjoying seeing and hearing about the, the different little stories. Yeah. Um, and I think there's something lovely and universal that connects us all through through these little stories and these items because, like, say, today's teddy bear so many people around the world have some resonance with like a particular toy from their childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of like this project better than the January's project. Yeah. Uh, it's got it's sort of got more heart to it, I think. Um, as for going forward, I, I don't really know yet. I'm, I'm contemplating a few different ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, I am going to be working with a couple of brands. Uh, so like this is, probably going to be my new career I think <laughs> definitely it's <laughs> uh, going to be dressing up as things I get paid to dress as but then also with my spin you know on it yeah. so it's not sort of like them handing me clothes or anything yeah um, you, something that you're really interested in dressing up as so, yeah, yeah like my the first gig that I have which I, I can't I haven't signed the contract yet with but it's, it's hilarious like it amuses me so much that this is going to be my first paid gig so um that that That'll be fun. Hopefully, that'll be out in the next Can't few wait. weeks. <laughs> yeah, my mind's yeah. gonna be ticking now. What's yeah. she gonna be? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, so yeah, and I just recently signed with the Andrea Roach um, agency as well. Excellent. And so they they seem to think that they can uh, get me some work as well. Absolutely. <laughs> so that was me thinking at the end of I think it was like early December or something. I think I tweeted out to my followers and I said. Uh, I need a new career. I'm bored with the job that I have, and I need a new career. Here's all the jobs I've done. Yeah. What what ideas do you people have? Because I really don't know what I want to do next in my life. And I, I gave this list of like 27 jobs, and that was just the ones I could think of off yeah. the top of my head. And um, so yeah, but I never in a million years would have imagined that I would have ended up, you know, with a job getting paid to dress as products. That is exactly <laughs> it. Like I'm the same. I can never kind of stick to one thing, and then it's not that I can't. It's like I just kind of you don't want to don't want to yeah. belong to something else. Yeah, yeah. And I think that the people like us are. Um, we're sort of outliers in how society wants things to work, you know, yes. and how society sort of set up. It's not set up necessarily for people who are really curious and interested no. and who get bored easily and want a new challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess it is moving in that way with like a gig economy and the freelance situation and stuff like that. But it's a stressful existence as yeah. a freelancer because you're you don't have much security and you're always worrying about what what will be my next gig. Exactly. Um, so I guess for me, I, I'm just trying to have trust a bit you know, that things are going in the right direction for me and yeah. um oh they sure are and hopefully <laughs> hopefully it'll all work out but yeah I am kind of thinking of different projects I'd love to do like a kind of residency in a gallery um oh, I'd love to dress inspired by different art each day and kind of also be a piece of performance art walking around the gallery in my outfits I oh. think that'd be pretty fabulous yeah um I'm thinking about like a month of book covers and maybe working with some publishers and um 
and dressing up as different books. I think that that could be a that lot of fun. That would be awesome. Yeah, and then someone suggested to me recently because I did a cat a few days ago and someone was like, maybe you should do a month of pets. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would have to like really extend my wardrobe into a lot of kind of neutral, yeah, natural colors. And yeah. Animal and... prints because I don't have any of that stuff. I don't know if, uh, if my house could take any more yeah. clothes. <laughs> maybe if you went to like the rainforest or something. Yeah, could... <laughs> yeah. Exotic pets or something, yeah. maybe a parrot. So I could, I could do a parrot if somebody sent me a parrot. That, I could do that now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely loving this outfit. Absolutely gorgeous. Oh, Is that sunflowers? Uh, yeah. yeah, I think it's different flowers and things like that. Yeah, I'm not so as a, I'm not wearing the teddy bear outfit as we speak because it's indecently short and it's freezing <laughs> cold outside. <laughs> so, so I'm wearing this uh, dress actually designed by a friend of mine who's Gorgeous. mental embellisher on Instagram. Excellent. And, um, she's amazing. Mental embellisher. Yeah, she also Excellent. she also designed the the coat that I'm wearing. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, she's so great. I love nice. her stuff. Oh, it's great to have friends that are creative designers. and designers. Yeah, yeah. it really is. So yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, I absolutely love the, the project, the object challenge, because the way you're describing your ideas for the rest of the year, it's like you started out just with your own household objects and now it's just got potential for kind of any category yeah that's true it, it does have potential for any category um and I have had people sort of ask me oh do you think you could dress as this or that or whatever and I'm like well yeah like I think I could I mean when sometimes people send me things and I think oh god how am I going to do that like somebody sent me the the three ducks you know on the wall that hang on yeah. the wall and I thought to my, I, I thought to myself, what? How am I going to do that? You know? <laughs> and I was like, but then I think what I love about this um, project is that challenge because I do get bored. So I'm not having to dress as ducks every day, mm -hmm. uh, but I have this challenge. Well, how are you going to recreate that in a way that creates a, a kind of stylish outfit? Because that's important to me that it is a wearable outfit yes. and that it's not like a dress up. It's not a costume. It's not like a Halloween thing. It's not um, It's not necessarily instantly recognizable if you take it away from the yeah. photo of the thing it's meant to be. Mm -hmm. So, it, But it's very stylistically representative and it's stylish as well and exactly. it's wearable. Yeah. And uh, that, that part is important. And I think why, why it works and why it hits is because I'm not like creating – you know, a cardboard costume yes. with the logo written on it and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. It's something that you, you have to have a picture beside it to know that that was... Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but when you see the picture, you can see the yeah. similarities immediately. And um, so I, I'm loving that part of it. The challenge is, mm -hmm. is great. Like that really stimulates me and makes me really go, okay, how on earth? How am yeah. I, I going to do this? And like I'm really proud of what I did with the ducks because I did, I really was like confounded. That was lovely. That was really nice. Yeah, yeah. And um, and a, a lot of it is sort of in the photography of, of the pictures as well and yes. and the poses and like the teddy bear today and you're trying to kind of slightly replicate the pose but not in a way that makes you look like a weirdo yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's uh yeah it's it's all a lot of fun yeah it's really it's really cool I think that's why it probably is so successful because as you say it's not all like cardboard pieces and everything it's just like the bold colors yeah of the object and it's just 
Yeah, and yeah. because it works as a wearable outfit. And I that's think. it. Yeah. It really does. And I think the universality of it, um, of the sort of first the products in January, the, like, okay, people might not be familiar with birds custard in different part- countries, but they are familiar with custard. Yeah. You know, um, or people know what, like, you know, toilet cleaner is or yeah. you know what I mean. So um, I think there's something sort of universal about it, which is maybe why it had that worldwide appeal yeah. that was like I really wasn't ex- – what blew me away about the whole thing too was that the press attention came on like day two or three. Like, right. I, Like it wasn't even – a kind of a week into the project, it was sort of almost immediate um, that people were going, oh, my God, wow, can you tell us about this? And I thought, whoa, but I've only done like three yeah. days, you know. But <laughs> like, it was just such a cool idea and it hasn't been done before. I guess, yeah, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, people are people are saying that and, um, uh, I, yeah, I guess so. I, I suppose it, um, yeah, it just resonated for people in some way yeah. but it, it still sort of confounds me a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like something magic. I saw it and I was like, oh, that is awesome. Yeah, it's going to be massive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's just a lot of fun and silly and not taking itself too seriously exactly. as well. And I also love the sort of aspect of it where people are getting to see another adult at play yes. and being playful and having fun and exactly. not kind of not being too serious. And I just don't think we see enough examples of no that in the world. Way. No way. So tell me, um, how do you do all this amazing stuff while also being a mom? Well, I think my kids are quite understanding is part one. Mm -hmm. They're a bit older now, so that that helps. Um, So the ones that live with me at home are 11, 13, and 16. Okay. Yeah, so like older kids, they're not as interested in hanging out with me now. Um, They're just like, you just do your own thing, mom. You do your own thing, you know, and like sometimes various of the kids will make dinner and sometimes I'll make dinner. So it's kind of reached that point where... Your roommates. Almost, (laughs) almost. Like if we're we're housemates, then I'm kind of like, I'm the bossy housemate. (laughs) But uh, but they're the... No, I was going to say they're the messy housemate, but I'm quite messy too. Um, I'm very worried about that actually because like as my... The tidy children have been leaving home and it's sort of like the very messy children are the youngest ones and I'm quite messy too. I, I'm quite alarmed about what it's going to be like <laughs> when it's just me and my youngest two very messy children. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we'll face that when we come to it. But um, yeah, so they're, they're, they're quite, you know, they're, they're good kids and they're pretty easy people to live with. Yeah. And so, um, and they're kind of, they're not, they're just not that bothered about what I'm doing. They're like, oh, okay, you know. And I did feel bad because for January, I kind of ended up having to set up like a photography studio mm-hmm. in the kitchen, which took over our household space. Like we kind of live in our kitchen dining area. Yeah. And I, I sort of felt bad about that. So I had to spend a bit of time reconfiguring the whole house so that I could create a photography studio in our lounge room. Yes. Um, which is a room that we don't really use that much, to be honest. Um and so I, I said I had to move everything around and set everything up and move all this furniture. And, and plan, so, I, yeah, I spent a couple of days just reconfiguring the house so that I, my project wasn't so intrusive on yes. the kids' space and lives because I, I sort of felt bad that they would be, like, climbing around <laughs> photography lights to eat their cereal at the table. I completely get this. <laughs> like, currently I'm making wedding invitations oh, in, yeah. the, in the 
kind of kitchen dining area yeah and also we're doing like a, a 1500 piece uh jigsaw oh gee right okay <laughs> on the table yeah so yeah. the kids are like um, um where do i eat <laughs> where? yeah like, oh sorry we, you can't do anything until mom and dad's finished this jigsaw yeah like, why did we start it here like seriously <laughs> Yeah. For kids. First rule of jigsaw is to always do it on something else that you can move exactly, around. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I guess when the kids are a bit older, they're they're more understanding. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, no. So generally, but it is the it's all the the pickups and the taking kids, getting kids up to school, and then taking them to school, and mm-hmm. da, 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 all the appointments and all that kind of stuff. It's all the lifts and things like yeah. that's the that's the real time suck, isn't it? That's it. There's so many extra activities that they be yeah up to and yeah places they need to be. And but it's much easier now. Like January was a, a very tough month because I was just so busy. Mm. Um, but thankfully, like my friends just really helped me out with kids and right. lifts and you know I'd be I'd be like ringing my friends saying oh would you mind you know picking my daughter up from school for me today because you know I'm gonna be on like Canadian <laughs> radio or Australian TV or whatever and then my friend was like yeah that's no problem you know they were really great my friends really helped me out a lot in January excellent that's probably where I saw you first with your friend Nadine I just absolutely adore watching you go around Remelton and oh, just yeah. so cool because yeah. all the places are so familiar and I'm like they're bringing some like fun and color to you know the town and it's so so yeah. great yeah and we did that because that was during the 5k lockdown when we weren't allowed to go any further than the 5k ah. so we really wanted to do something and we were like well why don't we just film our what's in our 5k yeah and like it is it's hilarious now when I look back on it because that's us like running past trying to showcase all the different places in Remelton but everything's shut everything's (laughs) shut so we're like running past all these shut shops going oh look this shut shop Woo! check this out you know but everything was closed because everything had to be (laughs) I know Nadine said to me the last day do you think we should redo the Remelton one now that everything's open yeah 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 yeah. and uh, so it is but I guess it it is what it what it what it is you know at the time everything was shut but we were all like hopefully this is going to reopen and you know here we are like dancing in front of this closed cafe (laughs) so so good and it's probably such a lovely little town to live in as well it is it is it's a great village yeah oh so nice so what about the kids then did how did they feel with all your media attention this year were they like walking around like they were little celebrities as well or no, there. Uh, so my daughter, who's an adult, she was. Um, she kind of followed some of my some of the press. Mm. Like she would send me a message, and she would go, "Oh, I, I watched your, you know, you on TV on whatever it was, you know, on Virgin Media. I watched you on the Virgin Media show, and um, you know, you were great or whatever." So like she was sort of dipping in and dipping out, yeah. watching me and things, and sending me supportive messages. My 16-year-old was like, I am so glad that you and I have different surnames. <laughs> he's just like, he's just like, no one can ever know we're related. <laughs> and um, and then my uh, youngest kids were, they were just sort of, they, they just weren't, weren't really that bothered. You know, they were, I'd be like, can you guys stay out of the kitchen? Because I'm about to do an interview with Sky they're News. Like... And they'd be like, okay, no, <laughs> all right. You know, like really, really unbothered. Yeah, just like 
no idea of the scale or anything probably I, i'd say they did know but they don't care the, and it's also like it's not awesome. unusual to them because they have had a lifetime of me doing the most random stuff ever mm-hmm. and coming in and being like oh i've got to do this or you know just random things you know yeah uh, so they're kind of used to like mad stuff coming at them from me <laughs> love it so are they are they any of them creatives like you yeah they're all creatives in their own ways Uh, they're all artistic um probably my youngest is the most like me in that she's always making something she's great at the cosplay um i think i saw something that she made yeah she made that sun mask that was really rotates yeah that was really cool and she's a bit like me too i think she likes a challenge so she'll she'll see a costume she's like how could i do that like that sun mask that she did out of the cardboard and the sun rotates around your face yeah and she bought a um a fidget spinner and she stuck it to the base of the thing and then she stuck the sun on top so that the sun would kind of move and then move back and like it's quite it's quite sort of freaky looking when you look at it but she's um, she's amazing. She but she's also a bit like me in that like she makes a big mess when she's creative, oh, and then me the, too. you know the mess kind of stays forever. Me too. <laughs> yeah, I think they just kind of go hand in hand a little bit, don't they? Create, yeah, I think creative people were just yeah. I, I thrive in chaos. That's yeah, unfortunately or fortunately, that's yeah. just the way it is. That's it. If I had to clean up after myself all the time, it would just drive me mad. I'm just like. Leave it for a while and then just do it. Yeah. Bit of yeah, a clean. Yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't be as fun. Be no, as fun. not at all. Yeah. Yeah. It was just chaos. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's so brilliant. So, um, how long have you been living in Remelton then? Because the accent, it's not from around here. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Uh, yeah. So, I moved to Belfast in 1998. Um, oh, a long time. Then. Yeah, and then I came to Donegal, um, sort of around mid ninety nine, and I was only here for a few months. And then my then boyfriend and I went to um, Australia, mm-hmm. where we lived for a couple of years and got married there. And then we moved back to Donegal in two thousand four. Okay. So okay, I've okay. been, and he he is my ex husband now, yeah. but he's from Donegal. So that's kind of how I like. Yeah ended up in Donegal yeah Yeah. because I suppose it's often a lot of Irish people that end up getting married to Australians and living in Australia (laughs) yeah yeah and I mean I think that was our plan for a while but then uh you know we decided to move back to Ireland I think I probably wanted to come back more than he did yeah um but anyway, and then when we came back and then when we split up, I was like, oh, how would you feel about me, me. Moving, back to, <laughs> moving back to Australia? And he, and he was like, no way. Uh, you know, you can't take the kids. And I said, okay, that's grand. So, oh, so uh, hard. No, well, but then I, then I was like, okay, now, like now I just wouldn't want to go back to Australia. I now have absolutely just... no desire. I don't think I'll ever okay. like, go and live in Australia again. Okay. Um, so, as long as I'm allowed to stay in Ireland. <laughs> no, no, you're, you're a national treasure now. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> well, I'm like awaiting, awaiting my uh, citizenship application, which has been in for a good while oh. now. Um, so I just don't know if they'll let me stay or not. But uh, I mean, I, I am allowed to stay because I, I do have a residency. Yeah. But it's just that with a residency that allows you to work and live here, you have to renew it every three years, and it's like three hundred bucks. Ah, and it's a bit of a like it's a bit of a bummer, and also you don't get the right to vote 
oh. which is really rough for me. Yes. Because um, I would love to be able to vote. <laughs> yeah. And also, I just want that sweet, sweet EU passport. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, in airports, I'm so always hard. like, oh, everybody else is like going to the EU fast track lane, and I'm in the like other passports. And it's yes. always the longest line, and there's always hassle because they're always like, oh, you're not in the EU. Uh, who are you? Why are you here? It's always hustly. And it's just like watching all the rest of my family go through really easily. easily. And I'm always like, give me that sweet EU passport. Yes, definitely. <laughs> so, so, yeah, that's part of it too. But also, like, I just feel I feel more like Ireland is my home now uh, and I feel more connected to Ireland than I do Australia in, like, so many different ways. That's brilliant. Yeah. So good. Mm. Well, here's hoping that you get that. <laughs> I hope so. Do you know what happened after appeal too? And this is such a beautiful thing. But after appeal, someone, I don't know who, uh, started some kind of like crowdfund thing mm. to pay for my citizenship application. Serious? And Yeah. And, and people in Ireland pay for it. gave me like enough money to pay for because it's quite expensive you see it's expensive it's like 200 bucks to apply but then it's like a thousand euros once holy you get holy. it and I, I was like well I don't have that thousand euros yeah. but people actually like gave money to pay for so I have That's that amazing. thousand euros sitting there that's literally like donated by the people of Ireland amazing. to pay for my citizenship and that is like such a an amazing beautiful and very touching thing yeah, for me yeah uh, and uh it's people are so so kind yeah and so f- it's almost for those people as well I really hope that yes. I get it because you they have all, to get it they, yeah I know because <laughs> isn't that just a gorgeous thing yes isn't that and I haven't I haven't spoken about that before um I haven't kind of said anything publicly about that before um, I guess because you know I, I didn't know what was what's happening with my application or yeah because um, it is a little bit complex because when I first came to Ireland in 1998 I had a UK working visa mm-hmm. and then like things were very different back in the like late 90s yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I started going out with someone from Donegal and then he was like why don't you move to Donegal and move with me and I was like well my visa isn't really for the Republic of Ireland mm. and he was like oh you'll be grand you know <laughs> Like, love those days. Yeah, yeah. And then, but I felt, I was like, oh, this is all a bit weird. So I remember going up to the social welfare office and uh, applying for a PPS number. And because yes. um, I was like, well, I'm not going to like live here illegally. Like I'm going to pay, pay my me, taxes. Yeah. And, you know, so I went up to them and then they sent me a letter and they said, well, how long are you going to be here for? And I said, well, I'm actually only going to be here for like another <laughs> six months because we're going to go back to <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, at that time, anyway, we knew we were going to Australia yeah. at the end of the year so I said look I'm going to be here for whatever it was I think it was like six months or something and so I uh, I sent them the letter back and then they, they said okay here's your PPS number mm. and so to me like that was kind of like well the state know I'm here I've been really above board yes. they've literally given me a PPS exactly. number and that's pretty much permission to stay here yeah. um, but that is now a problem in my citizenship application because when I had to tick the thing to say it's like have you ever yeah. you know done something wrong I had to be like well I didn't have a proper visa yeah. when I was here and also I think you know yeah part of it is kind of I was young and naive and a bit of an idiot and I probably should have figured out how to apply for the visa or whatever while I was still living in Belfast and done that. But, um, you know, the people 
in my life at that time were like, oh, could it be fine? <laughs> I know? can imagine. I can imagine. And plenty yeah. of people would be the same way now as well. Like yeah. If somebody was just going, well, here's your PPS number. There you go. That's, you know, yeah. fine. Like, and well, I feel like I, I was above board with the exactly. state in that I did immediately go to them and say, hey, I'm here and I want to work and I want to pay taxes and I need to do this properly. Yeah. But, but uh, so, yeah, that's the little sticking point with it all. And that's where I kind of, um, I don't know if I will get my citizenship and how I've always felt a bit weird about having that money that people gave me because I was like, yeah, oh, they've given it's... me this money with good faith and I really hope that it works out for me and for them. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, it's just, suppose it's just a bit of a waiting game, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah. I had lots of lovely letters from really nice um, people and, and senators and different people who gave me letters of support as well for my application. Brilliant. So um, hopefully those those letters will stand will. me in good stead Definitely. people um, saying yes she is of good character because that's the thing that they're like oh, we have to make sure you're of good character and I'm like that's I'm a bit offensive you. <laughs> you're gonna get it no, nobody is just gonna go no we're sending this girl back no yeah, way yeah. I, oh god I <laughs> she's <hope> ours <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be so depressing if they were like no you can't because you don't have good character I'd be like oh my god I would, I, I would cry if the Irish government said that I'm a bad character <laughs> I really would I'd be like oh said I'm a bad character. That's so funny. Oh, God. It would be really depressing. Oh, God. So, yeah. That's not even mean. Fingers like, crossed for me. Yeah, that's what they say, though. That's what they said in the last letter. They said, they're like, we oh. have to make sure you're of good character. And I was like, oh. Wow, I hate forms. Come and have a chat with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just look at everything I've ever done or written or said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, do not worry. You're getting it. You are. Oh, I, hope, I hope so, yeah. yeah. I really hope so. Um, so what? sometimes you are interviewed for other reasons as well, maybe a little bit of politics, a little bit of, are you interested in this type of thing? Like I'm really interested in politics, mm. um, but not from a like I want to be a politician place. Yes, um, you know because I actually think that would be like one of the worst jobs to have. <laughs> uh, and I sort of feel I sort of admire and feel sorry for people who do be politicians. <laughs> you yes. know, um, you know, depending on their reasons, I guess, for becoming a politician. But um, I think it would be a really, really tough, tough gig. It would. Yeah, and quite consuming, like take over your whole life. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but I but I really do, I admire the politicians that are in it for public service. Yes. Who are like, yeah, I want to be a servant of the public and I want to make things better for other people. Exactly. Um, uh, because I identify with that a lot. And so I think that, I think we all have a obligation to try and make the world a better place mm -hmm. using whatever is at our disposal to do that. And if that's your Instagram following or your Twitter following, or if that's how you parent your kids or how you, you know, how you acknowledge a homeless person on the street, mm -hmm. it's, there's so many different ways that we can do that in our everyday life. Um, and all of us have particular privileges that other people don't have mm -hmm. and you know we, I think we we all have an obligation to use those as a force for good in the world exactly yeah and I'd say there's plenty that aren't but well yeah I mean I guess there are people who aren't but we you can't be what you can't see mm. so we need to model we need to role model yeah all of us I think if you're in any way a conscious person 
Yeah. It's up to you to have to role model how to be in the world. Yeah. And um, so that that's important to me is knowing what my values are and then living from those values and actioning those values. So not just saying that I'm a person who's against racism, but actually actioning in how I treat people and how I discuss racism with my children or whatever it is. Um, then you know it's it's in your actions it's not in your words because words are actually kind of meaningless exactly I don't know sometimes I feel like people are getting better but then so many people are getting worse you know it's, it's a, I think we're in a very divisive time aren't we mm. you know we're in a time when there's there's people are very one side or or the other yeah and what I've learned through my life is that you can't actually reach people who are too far away from you yeah but you can reach people who are sort of like one or two steps either side of where you're at definitely and this is kind of um I I try and have people in my friend circle and people around me who I can learn from Mm -hmm. I want people who are a few steps ahead of me Mm-hmm. At least in some ways. They might not be in every way. Mm-hmm. There might be ways in which I might be a little bit ahead of them and maybe I can help them if mm-hmm. they're open to it. But I like people who I can learn from and I think, yeah, you know more about this than I do. I can see that you are more of a master at this than yes. I am and I uh, want to hang out with you because I want to learn from you. You know, And I think being open to, to learning and becoming a better person Definitely. is uh, is really key. But if you're trying to, if you're trying to, I suppose influence is the only word I can think of, even though influence feels a little bit icky. Um, (laughs) But if you're trying to sort of influence somebody into a position of more empathy and compassion, you, you can't do that if they're too far away from where you're at. No. And I think we all kind of learned that during repeal. Like there's no, there was no reaching the hardened anti-choices, no. um, but there was reaching people who were just a bit unsure yeah. or who were a bit like, well, you know, I grew up with the idea that abortion is wrong, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, I also know that life's complex, but, you know, and I'm also, I'm like, this is the... So the, many people feeling like that back yeah, then, I think. Yeah, Definitely. I think so. But those people were reachable because yeah. they weren't too far away from yeah. where we were at. Um, and that's, I think that's a key thing for any movement is to focus on the people who are close to where you want them to be. Like, know where your audience kind of like, know that if somebody's too far on the other side of your opinion, it's not, your energy is just. It's wasted. Yeah. It really is wasted. And that, that's why I guess there's, there's no point. Well, I think there's a few arguments around how we how we do these types of conversations online. Mm-hmm. There is sometimes a point in arguing back with people online because you're actually doing it for the people, other people who are going to read your response. Yeah, who might be close to you. Yeah, um, but it, it that all just depends on if you have the time and the spoons to do that as well, doesn't it? You I know, know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I know it's it's hard. Like. It's, I have opinions on so many different things, but then just the thought of getting into it on social media just makes me feel. <laughs> yeah, like sometimes I'll just, I'll say something and I'll just leave it. I won't even touch the replies because I'm like, no, I just wanted to say You just my wanted piece. to say that and then not 
and I don't actually want to go in and argue every point. Exactly. Um, and then sometimes I am like, okay, no, here's the research, you know, yes. <laughs> like, like, okay, or can you please provide me with some research to back up what you've just said there? You know, sometimes I will do that. It um, it just depends on on kind of, you know, how you're feeling on the day and if you have the emotional energy for it. Yeah, it? <laughs> or sometimes you just somebody just says something or it's just too much and you're just like ah. yeah but I think like the best way that we can make the world a better place is by uh being really authentically true to ourselves mm-hmm. um I think those people that you meet or you see or you experience who are living from a really authentic place are sort of naturally very charismatic and inspiring mm-hmm. and they're people that you you think um God, what, you know, I just, what, what is that person at? What, yes. how are they like that? I love that. Yes. Tell me more. And you then want to learn from those people. You're, you're like, yeah, I'll sit at your feet and I'll listen to what you yes. have to say. And, you know, so I think that that's the best path really. And the best way to try and make positive change in the world is to just keep being the most authentic you Definitely. that you can be, because you will attract people who are really interested in your authenticity and in, in what you have to say. Exactly. And You're hopefully, sure. you know, some of those people will be people who know more than you about some things and, and then you something. can learn from them as well, because yeah. that's what life is. It, it's, it's give and take. And it's kind of, everybody has, has something that they've learnt that they have to share so exactly yeah. if everybody was like you then it would be just amazing <laughs> I, I don't know I think it'd be very chaotic and messy <laughs> I want to see that world <laughs> oh I don't know oh no but it's so true I just wish that everybody could no matter what your opinions are not attack people then for their views you know it's just so I think a lot of people operate from a very defensive place very and um you know, my kind of approach is to have a lot of compassion for people when they're in that space. Um, it's hard. <laughs> and yeah, it, it, it can be hard. I mean, I get a lot of abuse online. Um, but I just think to myself when people say and do horrible things to me, I think, gosh, you know, that's a really deeply unhappy person. Oh, yeah. And they are trying to project their deep unhappiness onto me. Yeah. But it's actually not going to work because I am a very happy, joyful person and I am like full of love for humanity. And so what I actually think is, wow, this person is sending me this screaming, this message at me. Like I don't feel loved. I don't feel happy. I don't feel safe. And so I just, you know, not always immediately. Uh, sometimes it takes me a little while to get to this sometimes place. Sometimes gives you a shock. Like what I try and do is I try and actually just sit with where that person's coming from and then try and actually project a bit of love and, and kind thoughts towards them <laughs> because I, I think it's not going to work. Nothing, nothing, we're never going to change anything if we can't meet people's humanity. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like... Like the, the the thing happened to my daughter in the vaccination center um, a week ago, where a, a nurse appeared to be quite transphobic mm-hmm. and and uh, very deliberately dead naming my child over mm-hmm. and over. And I was very angry when that happened, um, and I shared the story on social media. And then there was lots of people commenting, saying things like, "Oh, she's evil," you know, and. Like that's that's just not helpful, and that is not going to move us towards where we need to be. Yeah. Um. 
because you can't dehumanize people like dehumanizing people saying someone's trash someone's evil you know is is not ever going to create the world we want yeah you have to see the humanity in people and that's where like in parenting you don't say you're a bold child you say oh that was a bit of a bold thing that you did the action was not good but you're not saying you are not good. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to follow that through with adults. We have to be better. We have to be more conscious. You have to be the most conscious person in the room. You have to take on that responsibility. So she's not an evil person. She she did something awful. Her actions were bad. And, you know, whatever has influences she's had in her life that yeah. kind of that made it okay for her to harm a child in that way tells me like this is a this is a person who isn't very like is struggling in some way because who harms a child deliberately you know that that's not a a sort of healthy person that's a person who who needs some support and some help um so you know my wish for her is that she gets support with whatever she's going through to learn and develop empathy Mm -hmm. so that she won't ever do that to anyone else again. Mm -hmm. And that is the only way that anything good could come from this. Like nothing good could come from that story if I just went, oh, she's an evil, horrible person. Yeah. You know, that that's not going to help her. It's not going to help the world. It's not going to help her future patients. Um, so it is, and, I, and, you know, as I say, I can't always do it immediately. Like straight after that happened, no. I wasn't in a like, let me send some love to this lady. You know? <laughs> I, like, know. I saw the videos. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I was really angry. I was, I was right there with you. Yeah, yeah, I was really angry. But um, then by the next day, I was like, okay, I can decompress about this. I can, I can take a step back. I can start to, because the first 24 hours, it was just like, this person harmed my child. Yeah. And, you know, that was what that was about. And then the next 24 hours was like, what is going on for that person that they can harm a child? And how can I try and make sure that that person doesn't ever harm any other children? And so that's when you have to see the humanity in the other person. And I just don't think that anything's ever going to change for us in any meaningful way until we are all able to see the humanity in each other. Yeah. That's so hard, but it's amazing that you could get your mind to that place after that. I don't know how I'd be feeling, whether I got there the next day or... <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's, it takes a lot. Yeah, it's, it. you know, I guess I just had to calm down. And yeah. then for me, it's always, what are you trying to achieve? Yeah. So that's the question I would ask. I would say, well, what am I trying to achieve? Am I just trying to achieve an angry rant and I want everybody, all my followers to join with me and say how horrible she is? Is that what I'm trying to achieve? But that's not what I'm trying to achieve. You probably just felt like you needed to vent. You just needed to get it out. I, like I have, no, I, I spoke about it because yeah. it, it was important to speak about it and it's True, important to tell people this is this thing that's happening and this is a thing that um, harms other people when it happens. Yeah. And this, I, like, that's why I speak out about those type of things. It's... It's to educate other people yeah. uh, because so many people didn't even know what a dead name was. Yeah. And um, do you want to explain there? Yeah. So a dead name is a name that people were usually given at birth by somebody else that they no longer identify as, and it's particularly used within the trans and non-binary communities uh, to represent a name that they don't identify with anymore yeah. because most trans people will choose a new name for themselves. Um, 
So like that is why I shared. I shared for educational purposes. Like I didn't need to share my anger for any other reason than just like to try and educate other people. Uh, But then I thought, well, what am I trying to achieve? Like what is my goal here? And my goal is that this woman will get support, learn, Mm -hmm. develop empathy and never harm another child. Mm Mm-hmm. that's my goal so yeah. if, if I want to get there I have to view her with compassion and empathy I have to see her humanity and meet her humanity because I will never get there if I'm in a like you're an evil person yes that's not doing anything that won't achieve my goal yeah. so I think that is another question that we all have to ask ourselves it's particularly any area where we're trying to create change or any area where there's conflict what is my goal Mm-hmm. because so often I think we can react from a place that's very reactionary and of defensive course. but actually isn't going to achieve no. what we want to achieve no it's not going to make any kind of change it's not going to solve anything yeah you're so right do you, do you meditate Karen? Uh, do you know, <laughs> wait, every, every time I try and meditate I always fall asleep I'm like, I'm like a terrible meditator I'm just so tired I'm like meditate meditate fall asleep I wake up oh god that was me trying to meditate again <laughs> you've just got such a good mindset though I'm like how did she get to this place because I need to be there um, <laughs> I'm, I'm currently doing meditations with um, Helen from Intune Parenting I think oh, you oh yeah she's brilliant yeah yeah so it's it's keeping me calm every oh, morning good. before I start the day. So ah, that's great. good. Yeah, she's lovely. She's so nice. Um, okay, well, we're coming to an end nearly. I'm going to ask you one question. I haven't prepared you, so it's on the it's on oh, the no. hook here. Okay. Um, who is your mumspiration? So a mum mm. or mums that you admire in the whole world? Ah, uh, um. It's a really difficult question for me because I struggle with like uh, being asked about who inspires me because I hate power imbalances. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I'm really like not yeah. into the idea of anybody looking up to me or me looking up to anybody because yes. um, yes. I don't like the weird power dynamics. I think every parent that I've ever come across in my life has taught me either that's great, I should do more of that, or I don't like that, I'm not going to do that. Great. Um, so I, I would say that I've been observing other parents mm. since as long as I can remember and uh, picking up bits that I thought would be good and picking up bits that I thought oh, I must be really conscious to not do that. Yes, so it's um, like who teaches you as a mom more than... every parent that I've ever seen yeah. has taught me uh, and you know parenting is incredibly difficult and I think I say it's like the fastest spiritual learning tool you have um, that it is like the greatest spiritual practice you can do is actually being a parent being a, an active present conscious parent yeah. it is your fast track to like spiritual awakening or (laughs) whatever you want to call it (laughs) you know because kids will show you all your crap and if you don't deal with it yeah you will pass all that crap onto them hence Helen in tune parenting (laughs) yeah and then they will 
probably pass it on to their kids and you're never going to break that cycle because Mm -hmm. I think there's always bits, um, I don't know, maybe some people have had really idyllic childhoods. Um, I wouldn't say that I did, but there's there's certainly bits that I take from my mum where it it was really fun and um and she was very spirited and uh impulsive yeah and in in those moments um and i i i try and take the good bits about from that and i worked really really hard to be really conscious to not take the rest yeah through to my own parenting and to uh be a different parent and so i feel both like I made it all up as I went along and that I was utterly influenced by every parent that I ever experienced, either for a positive or a negative way. Yeah, I think I definitely do the same. Like take the good things that you remember from your childhood and then just kind of observing all the parents around you through your life and like... Not gonna do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah we, we know what we don't think is good. Yeah. We're, we're very good at being judgmental. <laughs> exactly. You know, and that's another bit too. I, I try and say to myself, okay, maybe that parent's just having oh, a really bad so day. That's so true, though. It's so true. Like, yeah, because we've all been there when oh, we've had yeah. those moments in public where, do you know, one of my kids, my youngest um, daughter, she used to do this thing. Oh God, it was so bad when she was like a toddler and we'd be in the shopping center. She used to throw herself on the ground and then look back and go, why did you kick me? Oh, <laughs> oh my God. They're, they're unbelievable. would be mortified. And because I would have such a big reaction to this, she was Kept like, this it. is a great game, you know, and she used to Why did this. you kick me, mommy? <laughs> she used to do this all the time and I would be just, oh, Oh God! Oh my kids, the stories, the things that they that they've done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I can completely see my kids doing that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The total badness of it. But anyway, my point is that you know, we all have those moments. We all have the moment where you know we yelled at our kid in public or something, or where we lost it, or where we were stressed. Yeah, and you know, that doesn't mean that that person is a really bad, abusive parent all the time. It means they're having a hard time and that they need support and that they're struggling. And we just can't know what's going on for other people and other parents. So, um, you know, I think that's, it's, that's been a, a big, long, many years learning for me has been like not to be judgmental about other parents and their parenting. It's um, so true. Yeah, because I think it's it's just it's a bit of a default position, isn't it? When you're a parent, it's hard to yeah. not do it when you think somebody's not parenting. Exactly. <laughs> like, but none of us are parenting saints. No, like none of I us know. are. <laughs> oh my god! I think some of the days out with my kids and thinking like, oh, these people looking at me. This is. <laughs> but see again, where we, you have to see the humanity. We have to see our own humanity exactly. as well. And, you know, we, and I, I just say to my kids, if I think I've messed up, I'm, I say, look, I'm really sorry. I was really stressed. I know I yelled at you. Um, I wish I didn't yell at you, but I was just in a bad way. And it's not, yeah. your, it's not your fault. It was, it was me. Exactly. You just have to own it. And being able to do that is just the key thing, really. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thanks for asking me. <laughs> Episode number 20. <laughs> 
thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow us on Instagram at HiccupPod. For news and updates, check out www.irishmamabice.ie slash hiccup. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast streaming app.